Hey everyone, welcome to FF in the Six podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Bandu, and with us is our homeboy, Johnny Shermer. We're going to talk about fantasy football, obviously, and we're going to go over a recap of last week's games, week 12, who we said to start and sit. Then we'll go over some of the injuries that that happened over the weekend, and then we'll head into our week 13 starts and sits. Johnny, how was your weekend? for NFL Sunday. You know, Anthony, it wasn't too, too bad. I had, uh, you know, a decent matchup in all three of my leagues. So it looks like I might win all three. Uh, so that looks very promising for me. How about you? How'd you do? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of holding on to a lead a bit. We'll have to see where things go, depending on where, um, you know, things are headed with this Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens game. Uh, you know, everything just kind of get pushed off and to our American listeners, Hopefully you guys had a great Thanksgiving uh, dinner as well, and you were able to watch all those games. Uh, and hopefully we get to see the Pittsburgh and Ravens game coming up on Wednesday now. That was reported uh, earlier today. So we'll head on into it for the Week 12 recap, who we said to start. Um, we were saying to start Justin Herbert at the Buffalo Bills. Herbert was 31 of 52. He had 316 passing yards. One TD, one interception. He was sacked three times. He had two carries for a minus two yards. Scored a total of 13.33 fancy points. Kind of a decent game for Justin Herbert. Um, you know, thinking about it, going into Buffalo, it was kind of tough to, you know, see him play in the East Coast, um, seeing as he was from Oregon and playing there on the West Coast and going to the East. Um, you know, just hopefully moving forward, Justin Herbert is a guy that we could look forward to and seeing him put up some big numbers that he's used to. And then we had our other quarterback, Kirk Cousins versus the Carolina Panthers. Cousins was 34-45. He had 307 yards, three TDs. He was sacked two times, four rush attempts for 19 yards. He fumbled once, scored a total of 29.63 fantasy points. Big numbers there for Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Johnny, did you happen to have any of these guys in your starting lineup? Uh, I didn't. Uh, I luckily, well, sorry, I, I didn't uh, pick up Herbert early in the season. So that really sucks for me. But like you said, it, it was his first time playing here in Buffalo. So the East Coast, colder weather, definitely not what he's used to, especially in LA. Um, and then Kirk Cousins, where finally he did something positive for once, uh, scored. That's probably his best season of the, uh, sorry, his best game of the season. So that's very nice to see. We'll move on to the running backs now. First off, we had Miles Sanders. That's in about an hour, so we're going to have to wait to see how he does. Secondly, we had Jonathan Taylor. Came out right after we recorded the episode last week, probably one or two days after that. He was out due to COVID-19 protocols, so Naheem Hines um, most likely played in his position. So Naheem Hines ended up rushing 10 times, 29 yards, but did have eight receptions for 66 yards. Uh, helping him score just over 17 points. So if you did have Taylor and you ended up picking up Hines, that was a very good decision on your part uh, just because of those reception points. Yeah, I had Hines in my lineup. Pretty happy I was able to throw him in there and start and get me those 17.5 points. Pretty big numbers there for him. Hopefully he's able to fill in next week for Jonathan Taylor if Jonathan Taylor does miss any time. Uh, Jordan Wilkins still interesting to see him in the mix up there with touches, but Naheem Hines still pulling through uh, with putting up numbers for the wide receivers. We had uh, kind of a dud, you know, Darius Slayton at the Cincinnati Bengals. He was only targeted two times. 
He had zero points. Uh, Sterling Shepard was the go-to guy here in this game and Evan Ingram, which we will get into later. Uh, but those two were the big uh, dogs there in the uh, for the New York Giants and playing against the Bengals. And then the other receiver we had, Tyler Boyd versus the New York Giants. Uh, he had three receptions for 15 yards, scored 4.5 fantasy points. Kind of a struggle there without Joe Burrow as the starting quarterback for the team. Uh, it's definitely something we'll have to look forward to with, uh, I believe it's Brandon Allen, uh, the quarterback there for the uh, Bengals. So hopefully we could see them develop some chemistry uh, between the two uh, players and the, that Tyler Boyd is a reliable player that you could count on week in and week out. Uh, for the tight ends, Johnny, I want you to go over some of the tight ends that we said for uh, last week to start. Yeah, so firstly, Eric Ebron, again, with that Baltimore Ravens and Steelers game, it's just, it keeps being thrown off. First, it was supposed to be Thanksgiving Thursday, and then Sunday, and then Tuesday, and now Wednesday. So let's hope it actually is played, and it's not, you know, canceled. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Secondly, we said Darren Waller, and surprisingly, that whole Raiders offense did absolutely nothing. Uh, I think Derek Carr had negative points. Darren Waller, I guess, was a, a decent spot for that Raiders offense, uh, having 23 yards on four receptions, just over six points, though. So it's definitely not Waller-type numbers. But, again, that Raiders offense just could not get it going this week. Yeah, it was unfortunate to see, uh, you know, Derek Carr struggling there against the Atlanta Falcons. And, um, you know, Darren Waller uh, was kind of only the bright side of that offense there, putting up the 6.3 points. Um, and moving on to the kicker that we had said on the Thanksgiving matchup, we had Detroit Lions, Matthew Prater versus the Houston Texans. Uh, the Houston Texans, you know, was kind of blowing the Lions out uh, and, you know, thinking that, you know, they would be coming back and wanting to put up as many points as possible on the board. Maybe Matthew Prater could go out there and kick a few field goals. Unfortunately, he had one field goal made from 29 yards out. He'd kick two extra points. He scored a total of five points uh, for that Thanksgiving matchup against the Texans. Yeah, he certainly didn't do as great as everyone thought he would, but those are uh, what happens on Thanksgiving the games, those primetime games. You never know what's going to happen, and Texans really shocked the Lions. So, uh, really, with kickers, it's just a guessing game, but we were definitely wrong that week. Uh, moving on to defense, the Green Bay Packers versus those Chicago Bears Sunday night football. Uh, these Chicago Bears, they're definitely like a Jets-type team, whether they're playing defense or uh, a quarterback going up against them. You seem to really always want to start whoever's going against the Bears. The Bears ended up – sorry, the Packers ended up having three sacks, two interceptions, and they also had a fumble recovery plus the touchdown. So they ended up scoring 15 points. But it's really not looking good for the Bears offense. We've been saying that for the past whatever, how many weeks now. And it's it seems to pay off whoever you play against them. Yeah, I was pretty happy with my uh, Packers defense, you know, doing well against the Chicago Bears. And, uh, you know, there was uh, Mitch Trubisky taking that shot uh, early in the game. And it was picked off by Darnell Savage. And Matt Nagy had stated that at the halftime that he expected wants Mitchell Trubisky to take those shots deep and uh you know they were okay with that interception and then Mitchell Trubisky kind of proceeded to throw another interception to Darnell Savage I believe 
um, which I was pretty happy with when I was watching the game. I'm like, all right, keep taking your shots, Mitch. Uh, my Packers defense is racking up these points here. So it was pretty good to see that. Uh, I was pretty happy with that starting defense. Yeah, same with me. Uh, let's move on to who we set to sit. So I'll start off with QBs. First off, Lamar Jackson. Again, right after we recorded that episode, came out Tuesday or Wednesday that he did have COVID-19. He was going to be out for this game. And it hasn't even been played yet, but he's still going to be out until at least week 13. So moving on to Cam Newton. Uh, this was definitely our bright spot for the sits. Uh, he only ended up scoring less than a point. Uh, nine for 18, 84 yards through two interceptions. He was sacked three times and rushed for 46 yards, but it was definitely not Cam Newton's week against those Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, definitely a tough outing for Cam. And with the Lamar Jackson thing, like, you know, I wouldn't really even want to look at picking up RG3. Um, we know what RG3 can do and what he has done in the past. Um, it's just not a good matchup there for that quarterback, you know, heading into the Pittsburgh Steelers still no matter who it is so definitely still sit uh hopefully you still sat whoever you had uh if you had lamar or you know rg3 so uh moving on to the running backs um clyde edwards hilaire at tampa bay buccaneers he had 11 carries for 37 yards one reception for two yards scored a total of 4.9 fantasy points and he had less than lazy on bell uh just barely by you know just a few fantasy points bell scored i think believe it was 5.2 so definitely disappointing uh, outing for Mr. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was kind of more of a game where Pat Mahomes was slinging the ball all around the field. You know, Tyreek Hill had that 200 and, uh, you know, 50-something yard game. And, you know, his two TDs and Patrick Mahomes was just going wild slinging the ball to Kelsey and all those other guys. Um, the other running back that we had to sit, Jarek McKinnon at the Los Angeles Rams. You know, Raheem Moster came back from his ankle injury. So, Jarek McKinnon kind of took a backseat to the, um, you know, rotation. He had three carries for 21 yards. He had two receptions for 11 yards. Scored a total of 5.2 fantasy points. Yeah, that definitely didn't help that Raheem Moster did come back from that injury. We we didn't see that one coming. And same thing with CEH. He, he just obviously had a an off week. But, uh, again, like you said, it was, it was definitely Tyreek's Hill. Uh, his week, putting up three touchdowns and however many yards. So why wouldn't you uh, keep throwing it to your best receiver? Yeah, exactly. When when that's the game plan and, you know, they can't defend it, why not just stick with it? 100%. Uh, let's move on to our wide receiver set of this week. It was Mike Williams uh, at, at Buffalo. Only three receptions for 26 yards, and especially with Austin Eckler coming back. Keenan Allen being as better as as good as he has ever been. Hunter Henry was did uh, decently as well. Uh, Williams only ended up scoring around six point six points. Um, but again, Mike Williams is definitely one of those inconsistent receivers so far this season. But I think with Austin Eckler back, that's definitely going to limit his expectations per week. Uh, considering Eckler can. Uh, go into that receiving game uh, with I think he had around seven receptions or something yesterday so he did really well yeah um, like Mike Williams with only five targets uh, that game it was kind of you know disappointing but a little bit expected now with Austin Eckler back in the lineup uh, as you were saying and um, then you know Keenan Allen I think he was the only 
player with a touchdown there for that game. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. against the Bills, and then. Uh, secondly, for our receivers, we said Jarvis Landry, and of course, the one week where we say to sit him, he goes off for his best game of the year so far. 11 targets, 8 receptions, 143 yards, and his first touchdown of the year. So uh, it's finally nice to see Baker throwing the ball rather than handing it off. But I think we said last week, like, why would you hand it off? Or why would you throw it when you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt behind you? So, again, Jarvis Landry is one of those super, super inconsistent receivers. And it's tough to say whether or not to uh, start or sit him, but – Again, like he is that number one with OBJ out for the rest of the year, but you never know how he's going to do. Yeah, it was kind of a surprise to see Jarvis Landry, um, you know, kind of have his best game of the year. Um, but, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, not great defensively, but um, like we were saying, you know, the game plan looked like they were just going to be handing the ball off to Chubb and Kareem Hunt. We were wrong, obviously, so we'll just move on into our tight ends. We said to sit um, Jimmy Graham at the Green Bay Packers. He was targeted four times. He had three receptions for 32 yards, scored a total of 6.2 points. Um, you know, that was just a tough outing, like we were talking about earlier for the Green Bay Packers defense. They were doing really well. Mitch Trubisky was struggling and all that. So seeing Jimmy Graham put up the 6.2 points, hopefully you guys sat him. Uh, this one was kind of tough to see Evan Ingram at the Cincinnati Bengals. He had six receptions for 129 yards. He had one fumble, scored a total of 17.9 fantasy points. Big numbers there for Evan Ingram. We were not expecting that, clearly, seeing as some of his previous games, he was struggling a bit. Um, and, you know, with Daniel Jones kind of injured uh, with the hamstring, it might be tough to see Evan Ingram, you know, having that chemistry with Colt McCoy, but we'll have to see how things move on moving forward and keeping up with the reports. Yeah, I mean, your Giants are number one in that division right now, so I think they're going to try to use their best players out there, and Ingram is definitely one of them without uh, Saquon Barkley in there. So, hey, if they make the playoffs, kudos to them because I don't think really anyone expected that. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with my Giants being uh, number one. So, you know, being in the playoffs, kind of nice right now. But we'll have to see how the rest of the season plays out. Exactly, yeah. Uh, let's move on to the kicker that we set to sit. That was Ryan Suckup versus those Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, we guessed correctly for once. Uh, he only hit one field goal from 26 yards. Uh, he had three PATs, so ended up scoring six points. But again, you would, you definitely want some some higher numbers out of your kicker, especially from like Yumway Koo, who put up, like I don't know, 21 or something this week. So... Uh, stock up was definitely a good set for sure. Yeah, Young Way Koo is a fucking stud. He is just absolutely, you know, good with his uh, accuracy and consistency. Um, and, you know, suck up. It was just tough to match up, you know, Brady uh, just wanting to go for TDs and things like that, you know, falling behind the Kansas City. They just want to score, score, score. And, um, you know, moving on to our defense that we said to sit, the Los Angeles Chargers at the Buffalo Bills. Um, they allowed 27 points. They uh, got three sacks in the game. They had one interception. They recovered two fumbles. They scored a total of 7.73 points. You know, pretty good outing for the Los Angeles Chargers defense if you had them in your lineup. That's pretty good numbers that you want from a defense. But, you know, not overly the top as you would want like the Green Bay Packers did with 15. So, 
Yeah, I think that was definitely a good uh, good sit choice. Uh, again, saying LA, how they, they've come to the East Coast. They're not used to the weather. So you never know how they, they're going to play. But I think they definitely did better than I expected, at least. But uh, like you said, you definitely want more points. But that was it for our starts and sits. Hopefully we do a little better next week. But let's quickly go into all of the injuries that did occur over the weekend. Starting off with, I think, like you said, Anthony QB, Daniel Jones on those New York Giants. Had a slight hamstring injury. He definitely avoided a serious injury, um, but it has come out today that he does have the possibility of playing for week 13. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that if he's able to play. Um, you know, they got a pretty good uh, matchup there against Seattle. You know, Seattle's horrible defensively, so we'll have to see how things go. Um, and if Colt McCoy has to play, it is what it is. We'll have to move through with him for my New York Giants team. Uh, the wide receiver... You know, that kind of had an injury from last week. Uh, Julio Jones, Atlanta Falcons, his hamstring. Uh, he was kind of out for last week's game uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders. They kind of performed pretty well without him, but we'll have to see how things uh, move along with his injury and if he's able to play uh, next week against the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans that they Saints. Play. Yep, that, yes, that'll be... That'll be interesting to see if Julio Jones is able to suit up for that one. Uh, another wide receiver, John Brown of the Buffalo Bills. He has an ankle injury. He's on IR, and the team is hopeful that he is back in three weeks. So if you need a wide receiver, you know, look into picking up Cole Beasley. How about the running backs uh, injuries, Johnny? Yeah, so right before week 12, uh, Todd Gurley was declared out. I know a lot of people, including myself, picked up Brian Hill expecting – Decent points, of course, nothing. He, I think he put up just around five. Uh, next up, Philip Lindsay on the Denver Broncos. He had a slight knee injury, had to be removed from the game. Um, but that whole Broncos team is just a mess right now. Anyways, next up, Josh Jacobs on the Las Vegas Raiders. He had an ankle injury. Again, it doesn't look too, too serious, so he should be back for week 13. So that's definitely helping guys uh, who are trying to fight for playoffs right now. Yeah, the Josh Jacobs injury caught me by surprise. I was not expecting that, but it's a good thing his ankle injury wasn't that serious. And for Philip Lindsay, uh, you know, just with their quarterback situation and him having to play a lot more and taking more of uh, the snaps, you know, it was, you know, unfortunate to see that he had that little knee injury there, but hopefully he's good to suit up for next week. Um, the wide receivers that we had uh, that we had seen suffer and suffered injuries and will be missing time. DJ Moore of the Carolina Panthers, he had an ankle injury. The x-rays came back negative, and he might be able to play after the bye. It's kind of good that they have a bye week uh, coming up, so he's able to rest it up, and then he should be good to go for uh, week 14. And then um, for the other injury, well, not really an injury, but Will Fuller of the Houston Texans, came, reports came out that he is suspended for violating the NFL PED policy. He's out for the season, plus the first game of the 2021 season. Not good for Will Fuller and the Houston Texans wide receivers after they had cut uh, Kenny Stills. So, um, yeah, not looking good for that team right now. Yeah, that was definitely a big surprise. I know we were talking a little bit about it before we started recording here, but I guess that's why he was doing so well. We don't really know, but uh, that definitely hurts his potential going into next season, whether he stays with the Texans or not. But yeah, I guess we'll have to see uh, what happens there. Yeah, it will definitely be interesting to see uh, where, 
you know, he goes for next year if he ends up staying or if he ends up leaving and maybe the Packers make a push for him a bit and they're like, ah, whatever, you miss one game, who cares? But um, it'll be definitely interesting to see. Uh, for the Week 13 starts, we're going to start it off here with our quarterbacks as usual. For Week 13, I said to start Derek Carr at the New York Jets. Uh, you know, last week against the Atlanta Falcons, Derek Carr was 22 of 34. He had 215 yards in the game. He had one interception that went for a pick six. Uh, he was thrown to Deion Jones there. He was sacked three times. He fumbled three times and he lost all three of those fumbles. He scored a total of minus 4.3 fantasy points. Uh, it was definitely a surprise from Derek Carr coming off of the other game against the Kansas City Chiefs where he threw for 275 yards and three TDs. But I'm expecting uh, Derek Carr to bounce back against the Jets. The Jets are ranked the fourth worst against QBs this season, allowing 3,207 yards on the year, 21 TDs, and QBs, con- QBs have scored an average of 21.4 fantasy points per game against the Jets. Uh, we all know that this is a you know pretty good matchup for Derek Carr going against the Jets. He's not owned in um, a lot of leagues, so you could definitely pick him up, put a waiver in, start him against the New York Jets. He's definitely going to be balling this week. Yeah, like you were saying, I was definitely surprised about how uh, his performance against the Falcons went. I know in one of my leagues I was playing, one of my guys who he ended up picking Derek Carr over Lamar and I'm glad he did. He only put up whatever, how many points you said, negative points, actually. So that definitely helped me out. But moving on to my QB start, it's going to be Taysom Hill against the Atlanta Falcons. They did end up playing two weeks ago. So that was Hill's uh, debut as the quarterback. But last week, Hill went nine for 16 for 78 yards. One interception. He was sacked three times. Um, He rushed for 44 yards on 10 attempts, but didn't end up having two rushing touchdowns. So that definitely brings his point totals up. Uh, He ended up scoring 14.5 points against the Denver Broncos. Um, But yeah, he he slightly had a worse game than he did two weeks ago. Um, But they are going up against Atlanta again in Atlanta. Um, But Atlanta had a great game, obviously, like just like you were saying, Anthony, they won 43 to six. Um, the defense actually did something uh, rather than what they have been doing the past couple of weeks or really the whole season. Um, but definitely Taysom Hill in there. It's definitely interesting because for Alvin Kamara owners, Kamara hasn't really been doing much. I think yesterday he put up six points. I know Hill's been taking a lot of his rushing attempts away. Same with Latavius Murray. Um, but that could just be because they were playing the Denver Broncos. They didn't want to risk too much with the offense there. But I'd expect Hill to do around the same thing that he did two weeks ago against Atlanta. I think they might come out with a slightly different game plan to get more of the offense going there. So he might get more passing yards, more passing touchdowns, uh, for instance. But I guess we'll wait and see. But I think he's definitely a safe start for this week. Yeah, it's definitely a good idea to start him against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, it's a good thing, too, for you know Taysom Hill owners that – or people that will pick them up, you know, playing in Atlanta. Uh, they play in the Dome, whereas for Denver, you know, higher altitude and everything. Uh, you know, playing in that weather condition is, you know, kind of tough for new quarterbacks. So Taysom Hill struggling this week through the air was not really a big surprise, but rushing on the ground and keeping the ball on the ground was pretty good for him. And, yeah, he does take away opportunities from Alvin Kamara. So hopefully we see from 
them moving on into playing the Atlanta Falcons that, you know, he starts to check down a bit like Drew Brees does and gets the ball to Kamara a bit more. But uh, we'll have to see how things play out uh, from there with the Saints. Moving on into the wide receivers to start for week 13, Alan Lazard versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, last week, Lazard was going against the Chicago Bears. Uh, he was targeted six times. He had four receptions for 23 yards and one touchdown. He scored a total of 12.3 fantasy points. Uh, Lazard in his second game back from his court injury, he definitely pro- made himself reliable uh, on the Packers offense. Uh, he did take a big shot in the game. It kind of maybe had knocked the wind out of him as he was able to return into the game, but it was definitely scary to see as he did suffer a core injury and take a shot around that area. Um, and he was a little slow to get up. It was a bit worrisome, but he did end up finishing the game. Um, you know, and his touchdown reception was spectacular as he was able to reach up and just snag it as Aaron Rodgers was fading away. So it's kind of good to see that trust and relationship building on the field in the game. Um, and, you know, going against the Philadelphia Eagles, their secondary is not really that good. And with Aaron Rodgers slinging the ball, you could definitely trust his wide receivers to make a play. Alan Lazard is back. It's looking good. So definitely start him against the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, he definitely had a great game last night against the Bears. Like you said, he did take a quite a hit. I thought he was going to be out, but he ended up finishing the game. Hopefully nothing comes out later in the week with a rib injury or whatever. But he did look really good that game, and I think he's definitely a safe start against the Eagles. Uh, moving on to my wide receiver start. I'm going to say Jarvis Landry. I know he's super inconsistent, but he is going up against the Tennessee Titans last week against the Jaguars, as we were saying. 11 targets for eight receptions, 143 yards, and he did get his first touchdown of the year, scoring just over 28 points. Uh, Landry had most recently played the Titans last season, only recording four receptions, but he did have 67 yards. But that was with OBJ in the lineup, so without him, he might have even more. We'll see. The Titans' secondary, again, isn't too, too great, so we'll see how the throwing game does there for Cleveland. Landry's snap percentage is hovering around 60%. Uh, just because of the return of Nick Chubb, uh, they're definitely using that run game even more. Um, but it was hitting up close to 80% just before Chubb's uh, injury allowed him to come back. But again, I think uh, Landry's definitely going to see the same amount of targets, maybe a little less, 9 or 10. But uh, yeah, Titans' pass defense isn't great, averaging around 268 yards a game. Uh, although Baker doesn't throw him the ball too, too often, I think they're definitely going to add some plays in there to get the receivers going. Yeah, it's definitely interesting to see, like, you know, Landry snaps percentages um, are kind of hovering around the 60% range because of Nick Chubb's uh, comeback from injury. Just showing, like, you know, the Browns aren't really worried about um, getting their receivers uh, off the field because of their personnel packaging and, who the, the, you know, getting those big body uh, players to block for their running backs. Like um, that's just, you know, how they operate, but hopefully, you know, with Jarvis Landry's performance that they're like, okay, you know what, we could probably keep him out on the field for those plays and, you know, for play action and things like that. You know, they just fool the defense and thinking that they're running it and then they could throw, throw a deep to Jarvis Landry and he can make a big play. Yeah, exactly. I'm hoping they include him a little more. He's definitely a talented receiver, as we've seen the past six seasons that he's been in the NFL. So 
it's it's great to see him uh, get added into that offense and hopefully he keeps it up yeah definitely and uh for our running backs to start uh for week 13 uh we got raheem mostert versus the buffalo bills um last week at the los angeles rams raheem mostert had 16 carries for 43 yards he had one touchdown and he also had two receptions for zero yards but um, he also had one fumble and it was lost. He scored 10.8 fantasy points. Um, Mostert is back from his ankle injury and he's got, he got plenty of touches in his first game against the Rams and he led the backfield with 18 touches overall and he took 29 snaps. Um, not really concerned with Jeff Wilson taking away touches from Mostert as he, uh, Jeff Wilson had 12 rushes for 43 yards. Um, Mostert was looking more productive out of all the running backs there uh in San Fran and looking at um you know Austin Eckler's production against Buffalo kind of helps like solidifying starting Mostert against the Bills as Eckler had 14 carries for 44 yards he also had 11 receptions for 85 yards he scored a total of 23.9 fantasy points Um, and the Bills defense have given up the eighth most rush yards in the NFL with 1,147 yards and they're ninth uh overall with tds allowing 10 on the ground so um they haven't allowed a receiving td to running backs this year but they have given up 431 receiving yards uh through the air to running backs this year so i just think it's a good matchup overall for raheem mostert and kyle shanahan to kind of uh dime some plays together for him to excel against this buffalo bills defense um, you know, not expecting a receiving touchdown uh, for Raheem Mostert, but definitely to be able to make plays on the ground against this Bills defense. Yeah, exactly. Except uh, what you said about Eckler's production there against Buffalo, uh, it definitely helps to start Mostert. I think obviously the 49ers don't have many receivers to go to. And with the Bills rush defense being not too great, I think Mostert's definitely a safe start and he's going to get you quite a few yards possibly a rushing touchdown so that's definitely going to help next up for my running back to start i'm going to say david montgomery versus the detroit lions last week against the green bay packers had 11 rushing attempts 103 rushing yards he did have five receptions for 40 yards plus a receiving touchdown ended up scoring 25.3 fantasy points he finally had that breakout game that we've been waiting for him to have all season. I know we've already mentioned him quite a few times when the episodes that we've had, and we're really surprised of how, how poorly he's been doing, but finally going up against a green Bay defense that isn't great against the rush. He finally showed us that they aren't great. And um, going up against the Detroit Lions next week, I think they're right behind the Packers and rush defense. So they're not good at all. And I think Montgomery is really going to expose them again. Um, they the Detroit Lions allow around 133 rushing yards a game. And I think with uh, Chicago's QB situation uh, being as it is, they're definitely going to go back to that rushing game considering they know Montgomery can hit hundred yards. And I think they're going to use him even more against Detroit, knowing that they're battling for a spot right now for the playoffs. So I think Montgomery is another safe bet. Yeah, it was kind of nice to see Montgomery have uh, the game that we've been kind of all waiting for, and some of his fantasy owners have been waiting for getting in the end zone. Pretty nice to see, and his production, uh, you know, rising as uh, it was a good matchup against the Packers there for him. 
Um, and moving on into the tight ends to start, um, I was saying to start Trey Burton at the Houston Texans last week versus Tennessee Titans. Trey Burton had three receptions for 42 yards and one TD. He scored a total of 13.2 fantasy points, and Trey Burton has uh, become the emerging tight end in the Colts offense, although he uh, has been, you know, a little bit, you know, TD dependent on putting up solid numbers for fantasy owners. Over the past two weeks, the Colts have been in high-scoring games, and Burton has produced in those two games. Uh, with this matchup going against Deshaun Watson and the Texans and what they've kind of done uh, the past few weeks, I think this will be a high-scoring game again for the Colts and for the Texans. Um, and I'm thinking that Burton will find the end zone against the Texans' defense. Uh, this defense gives up the fourth-most yards to uh, tight ends, and as well as allowing tight ends an average of 8.1 fantasy points. So with that, let's say that he gets those points and then, you know, he gets the TD. That's a total probably of around 14 to 15 points. Pretty good numbers there if you want. Uh, and if Trey Burton is someone that is on the waivers, you could definitely pick him up. But I think that's a good matchup uh, for week 13 against the Texans. Yeah, I might end up picking him up actually uh, as I have Gronk on by next week. So it's definitely a good option. I know uh, Phillip Rivers loves to throw to his tight ends. I know we saw that with Mo Ali Cox earlier on in the season. But I think Trey Burton's really proved himself to be that number one tight end there in Indianapolis. So I think uh, he's definitely a safe bet for next week. Moving on to my tight end start of the week, I'm going to say Robert Tanyan on the Green Bay Packers going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Last week against the Bears, had five targets, caught all of those for 67 yards, plus a nice 39-yard touchdown. So he ended up scoring 17.7 fantasy points. He scored over just, uh, just over 33 points now in two games. And the Eagles do not have great uh, matchups against tight ends this season. Being the sixth worst, Tanyan has played just over 60% snaps uh, on that Green Bay offense. So it's very nice to see him getting a more consistent workload this season. And with Philly struggling all season, obviously being second or third in that division with the Giants and the Washington football team, I'd expect Tanyan to see, uh, again, more than five targets around that, um, possibly another nice TD. Yeah, Robert Tanyan uh, definitely had a pretty good game against the Packers, and I was a little disappointed I uh, dropped him after I acquired Darren Waller. So, you know, hopefully uh, if he is available, I will try to scoop him up in our leagues. Uh, moving on to the kicker position, who I have to start, Rodrigo Blankenship, uh, the rookie at the Houston Texans last week versus Tennessee Titans. He only kicked uh, two extra points, and he made those two. He scored a total of two points. Definitely a tough outing for Rodrigo because of the Titans scoring, uh, you know, relentlessly and pushing the Colts to score um, more of a priority for touchdowns rather than field goals. Um, you know, he didn't attempt a field goal this game, so that's why his, you know, scoring was so low. But, you know, uh, I don't really have a concern with him other than he's only attempted one field goal um over 50 yards or 50 yards it was and he missed but other than that he's been very consistent overall he's definitely a good kicker and someone that you could rely on moving forward so i think this matchup against the houston texans will be a good one for him uh and you know with the texans losing will fuller is definitely a big loss for that offense and they'll probably struggle to move the ball a bit so 
um, could possibly put the Colts in good field position and Rodrigo can uh, kick those field goals for your team. Yeah, he definitely made a great point there without the Texans having Fuller. Now they're definitely going to struggle trying to get up the field. So I think Rodrigo's going to have even more chances to hit those field goals or more PATs, whatever it is. But I think he's definitely going to see an increase in points. So I think that was a very good point, Anthony. So whoever can easily get him, if he's on the waiver wire, I'm not too sure how much he's owned. But if you can get him, pick him up. Last but not least, I'm going to mention our starts for the defense. I think you all know what I'm going to say. And that's the Las Vegas Raiders against the New York Jets. It's pretty much a guaranteed 10-plus points or so. Um, But, hey, you never know. The Patriots, a couple of weeks ago, they did terrible against the Jets. But I think the Raiders are definitely going to have a good comeback game. They're definitely going to regroup this weekend and see what they did wrong against Atlanta. And I think they're going to really bounce back against the Jets. You know what? I think I'm usually very confident in who we say to start for uh, our weeks, but I think this one, I'm very confident that we'll have a very successful, you know, outing for who we selected to start. And hey, I hope so. We've been struggling a bit as of late, but I think, uh, I think we're going to do well this week. You know what? It's we'll, we'll, we'll see how things go. I'm, I'm pretty confident yeah. in us. So Moving on to the sits, uh, we are saying to sit quarterback Matt Ryan versus New Orleans Saints. Last week versus the Las Vegas Raiders, Matt Ryan was 22 of 39. He had 294 passing yards. He scored two TDs through the air. He had one interception. He was sacked once. He had one rush for five yards. He scored a total of 15.67 fantasy points. A solid game by Matty Ice, although looking at Matt Ryan versus New Orleans Saints, uh, I'm definitely, you know, we're definitely saying that we're very hesitant to start him because of week 11 versus the Saints, Matt Ryan scored a total of minus 1.2 fantasy points. He was 19 of 27. He had 232 passing yards. He had two interceptions and he was sacked eight times. Uh, and also if Julio Jones is out, um, you know, Matt Ryan has been struggling to produce without him in the lineup. Calvin Ridley got banged up against the Raiders, but he came back into the game. Um, There's also Gurley's knee injury that had kept him out last week. So we're not sure of the status for him going into week 13 as of yet. So definitely keep an eye out for the health updates for this offense. Um, But overall, even with some of the players coming back and things like that, I still think to sit Matt Ryan against this defense because this defense has been continuing to produce against uh, offenses and just relentlessly abusing them. So definitely sit Matt Ryan against the Saints. Yeah, I think you're onto something there, especially if Julio is out. I don't know how banged up Calvin really is. I guess we'll see this week whether he gets practices in or not. But if those guys are out, you can pretty much guarantee Matt Ryan's a good sit. Um, But like you said, I like how you're gassing my Saints up. So I appreciate that. And uh, I'll head on to my sit for a QB this week. That's going to be Jared Goff against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, last week against the San Francisco 49ers had a disappointing 23-20 to loss. Goff putting up 198 passing yards. Two interceptions, had a couple of rushes for 11 rushing yards. He did have a fumble loss, ultimately scoring just over five fantasy points. He's been so inconsistent this season. Um, even last season, he was really inconsistent. So it's really hard to rely on him to start him. 
And I know Arizona's defense isn't too, too great. It's not horrible. They allow around 223 passing yards per game. Um, but again, just seeing what the Cardinals did to Cam Newton last week, um, I really cannot say confidently to start Jared Goff. So I think it's better off just to sit him on the bench. Yeah, definitely, uh, you know, good, um, you know, points you got there to sit. Jared Goff at the Cardinals and, you know, too, with Cam struggling, uh, I think this defense feeling a little more, a bit more confident, you know, that they can um, win this game against the Rams. Uh, you know, we saw the Rams lose to the 49ers and that was a big shocker there. And, you know, with the Arizona Cardinals losing to New England, that was a big shocker. And I'm thinking this team could definitely bounce back and, uh, you know, beat the beat the Rams. So definitely a good idea to sit Goff for that week. Um, the wide receiver that I'm saying to sit, for uh, this upcoming week, Terry McLaurin of the Washington football team at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, last week, the Thanksgiving game at Dallas uh, Cowboys, he was targeted nine times. He had seven receptions for 92 yards. He scored a total of 17.2 fantasy points. Um, Scary Terry has been on an absolute tear this year, and he's currently fourth place for the most receiving yards on the year with 936 yards however the Steelers are ranked first uh, with allowing the least receptions to opposing wide receivers and are ranked first overall uh, defense so uh, with that I'm thinking you know Alex Smith is more of a cautious quarterback you know game manager things like that that's all been said throughout his career Um, and you know it's kind of easier for the Steelers to prioritize in stopping uh you know scary terry and not letting him do the things that he's good at doing you know they got joe hayden there um so you know he's probably going to be matched up against them and you know he's a physical corner so i think that's a good matchup there and that they're able to maybe double team him uh you know not allow him to do the things that he's good at doing so i just think it's not a good matchup uh and it's definitely a sit for me for, you know, scary Terry at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I totally agree. I think with that Washington team, Terry being really their only deep threat, I think it's going to be quite easy for the Steelers to catch on to that and, and cover him as best as they can. So I don't think he's going to put up too, too many points, but you never know. Crazier things have happened, but I think it's definitely again, safer to keep them on the bench. Moving on to my wide receiver, sit for this week is going to be a Juju Smith-Schuster against that Washington football team uh, last week against Baltimore. Obviously, they haven't played yet. We're going to see whether that even happens on Wednesday afternoon. But the Steelers, they're on a roll. Uh, they're going possibly 11-0, and after Wednesday's game. Um, but Juju has definitely not had the year that many have hoped he would have. Obviously, Chase Claypool has emerged. Deontay Johnson has really taken off this year as well. Um, so that obviously really affected Juju's production. Um, two weeks ago in week 11, Juju, Juju only put up four receptions for 19 yards against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, similar to Goff's situation, he's really unreliable. So it's, it's definitely tough to say that he's a for sure start. Um, in the past three games, the Ravens have only held Juju to one touchdown and 148 yards. So it's okay. But again, with the new stars that have come up on that Steelers squad, it's definitely going to spread the ball around and it's, it's going to affect Juju's production. 
And again, being um, with the Ravens on Wednesday with their, their defense is on a whole other level. So it's going to be definitely, uh, it's going to be very tough for Juju to put up points. Uh, same thing with Washington. Their, their defense this season has been unreal. I don't think really many people expected them to be as good as they are. If only they could get going on offense, I think they'd be a whole other team. But I think it's definitely safe to keep Juju on the bench. Yeah, it's just tough when you have, you know, a three-headed monster out there at wide receivers, and it's tough to feed everybody the ball. There's only one ball on the field, so really tough to distribute, uh, like you were saying. And, you know, I think it was last week or something, it was Juju's birthday, and, you know, he didn't really have that big of a game. It was just more, you know, spread out to everybody else. And Juju has said that he's not really, you know, um, focused on getting the ball. He just wants to win. He just wants to see his team players uh his teammates do well and you know they just want to be successful overall he's that kind of guy so uh he just really doesn't care about what uh fantasy owners have to say about him if they hate him or whatever you know he's just in it for the wins and everything but you know moving on to uh the running backs that we said to sit uh daryl henderson at the arizona cardinals uh looking at his game last week for the san francisco 49ers he had 10 rushes for 19 yards, scored a total of 1.9 fantasy points. Um, Daryl Henderson has slowly been declining in production and losing his snaps to Malcolm Brown and rookie running back Cam Akers. Uh, Henderson had accounted for 20 snaps uh, last game. Akers played for about 17, and Malcolm Brown took uh, 25 snaps. So Akers was more productive on the ground with his nine carries for 84 yards and one rushing TD. Uh, he had one rush for 61 yards, which definitely helped his reasoning to give him the ball more. And over the past three weeks, um, Daryl Henderson has only had 25 carries for 52 yards. He's only had one TD. He's had three receptions for nine yards. So definitely not a backfield I want to invest in. Um, and, you know, owners with Daryl Henderson should be a little worried with uh, Cam Akers on the come up of taking those snaps away from him and, uh, you know, just the overall production. Yeah, it's a great point bringing Cam makers into the situation here. I think being a rookie, they were unsure at the beginning of the season. So that's why I think Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown really saw an increase in snaps, but being uh, getting closer to the end of the season, I think the Rams are taking a chance, getting acres more involved and seeing what he can do. And by by what I've seen so far, I think Akers is doing just fine. So I think towards the end of the season, they're going to keep increasing his snap counts. And Daryl Henderson owners should be quite worried, like you said. All right, moving on to my running back sit of the week. It's going to be J.D. McKissick. Uh, again, like you said, with Scary Terry at the Pittsburgh Steelers last week against Detroit for that Thanksgiving game. Only one rush for six yards two receptions for 21 yards, ended up scoring 4.7 points. So it's definitely, again, like a Cam Maker situation. Uh, Antonio Gibson, rookie this year, very inconsistent at the beginning of the year. So I think that's why we saw McKissick really getting an increase in playing time. But Gibson is looking really good. Obviously, we saw three touchdowns on that Thursday afternoon game. He's looked really, really good. Uh, McKissick's snap counts have, has been... 52% and 41% the past two games. So obviously seeing a slight decrease there 
obviously a very good PPR option as a running back. He has been putting up quite a few receptions to get those easy points. But it's again, it's not looking too, too good uh, with Antonio Gibson now in that backfield. Yeah, Antonio Gibson has been very uh, good uh, for the Washington football team. Uh, definitely a big surprise there on my radar uh, for sure. And he's definitely going to be taking away the opportunities and production from J.D. McKissick. Uh, I know when Alex Smith was first announced the starting quarterback for the Washington football team, J.D. was putting up some pretty good numbers here and there. Uh, he's definitely been on a bit of a decline and Gibson has been going up in value. So it's definitely a good idea to sit J.D. McKissick. And then moving into our starting or tight ends that you should be sitting for week 13 uh new orleans saints jared cook at the atlanta falcons last week at the denver broncos he was targeted two times he scored a total of zero zero points um jared cook hasn't been productive ever since Taysom hill has been announced as a starting quarterback and over the past three weeks he has been only targeted five times he has one reception for six yards and i know atlanta is the worst team defending tight ends but uh, with Taysom Hill in the starting lineup, it just isn't safe to start Jared Cook, uh, not even as a flex option. Um, so you definitely do not want to play him in your starting lineup. Don't even look at him. Uh, just uh, sit him for this week against the Atlanta Falcons and wait till Drew Brees comes back. Yeah, you you hit it right on the money there. I, I know I hate when you bash my Saints, but Again, like I was saying earlier, it it's really has sucked with Taysom Hill coming into that starting role. He's definitely take, taken away a lot of opportunity from receivers, from running backs, obviously. He loves going to Michael Thomas, and that's really it. I haven't really seen Sanders getting into the mix. Kamara hasn't been getting into the mix. Um, so, it, again, it really sucks. Jared Cook has been doing nothing ever since uh, Hill has that starting role. So, Hopefully Breeze comes back when the next couple of weeks and he starts uh, getting more production out of him. But until then, I think Jared Cook is, is safer on the bench. All right, heading up my tight end set of the week. It's going to be Hunter Henry going to the New England Patriots home turf last week against those Buffalo Bills. He did have seven receptions for 67 yards. So not too bad of a game for Hunter Henry. Um, he has hit 13 points. Uh, at least over the past three games. But those opponents have been against the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Bills. So you can't really say too, too much. The Bills don't have great coverage against tight ends, which is why he had a decent game uh, yesterday. They are playing New England, like I said. The Patriots still have great defense, uh, although they have been struggling a lot on offense this season. Um, obviously, they have Stephon Gilmore there. I know he won't be covering Hunter Henry, but... Their, their defense is still quite good. They only allow around 229 passing yards per game. Um, but with Justin Herbert, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, he could throw to Hunter Henry. But again, I think like we were saying earlier, with Austin Eckler back in the lineup, I think that's definitely going to take away Hunter Henry's production uh, with Herbert going to Eckler a lot more, Keenan Allen, obviously. Um, so I think it's definitely safe to keep Henry out of your starting lineup for this week. Yeah, it's just tough. Um, you know, Bill Belichick against rookie quarterbacks, he is notorious to stopping everything that they're pretty good at. So um, with Eckler in the lineup too, it's just, you know, those targets are definitely going to be moving and distributing to other players. 
uh, like him. He dominated that game against the Buffalo Bills uh, as a receiver. So definitely something to look out for and a good idea to start to sit Hunter Henry against the New England Patriots. Uh, the defense that I said to sit this upcoming week in week 13 is the Chicago Bears versus the Detroit Lions last week at the Green Bay Packers. They scored a total of minus 3.2 fantasy points. Uh, the last time these teams played, which was week one, the Bears defense scored 4.1 points. Uh, I'm not saying that's good. That's pretty bad uh, itself, but definitely better than minus three points. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky last week put his defense in bad field position against the Packers um, all game, and Aaron Rodgers was able to take full advantage of it. So even though with the Lions just firing Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn, um, their general manager, you could look at how the Falcons did earlier this year when they fired their uh, head coach and GM, and they turned it completely around. So I'm just thinking that the players going to be more motivated to play for their organization and everything. They're going to give it their all. Uh, for the first week of the interim head coach that took that takes over the team. Uh, I'm just thinking that, you know, Matthew Stafford's going to be able to slay against this Bears defense. Um, you know, maybe look to see if Kenny Galladay is coming back. I'm not sure about that, but we'll have to see how things move forward for the offense. Uh, but, yeah, definitely sit the Chicago Bears against the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I like your point about how teams that seem to fire their coach they they take off that week and I I wasn't even thinking about the Falcons I was thinking about the Texans earlier this season how they went I don't know they were doing terribly and then they fired their coach and they've been doing okay they've been winning games so I think Detroit's definitely gonna be a different team this week so it's definitely gonna be harder for those Chicago Bears to adjust Um, but it looks like they're kind of like their offense that defense is really inconsistent as of late so we'll have to see what happens. So I like that idea. Um, last but not least, I'm going to say Will Lutz for my sit as a kicker. Last game against the Denver Broncos had four PATs and one 40 to 49 yard field goal. Ended up scoring eight points. He's been pretty consistent this season, usually hitting around the eight to 10 point mark. Although against two weeks ago against those Falcons, he only put up five points. Uh, again, I'd say it's going to be a high scoring game. So I'd say Will Lutz is going to have more PAT opportunities rather than field goals. So I'm going to say keep Lutz out of your lineup. If there's a better kicker on those waiver wires that you can pick up, I'd say go for it. But if you're stuck with Lutz, obviously you're going to have to play him. But again, if you have a better option, go for it. Yeah, that's definitely, um, you know, a pretty good option there to sit. Definitely. You would definitely think that uh, with the Saints against the Atlanta Falcons, it would be a good matchup for a kicker, you know, to put up some points. But uh, the Saints, you know, Sean Payton calling the plays and stuff, do they just score at will? Uh, And they'll they'll definitely be scoring touchdowns more so than field goals. So, yeah, good idea to sit Will Lutz there. Um, That kind of wraps up today's episode of the podcast. Thank you guys for listening and, you know, tuning in and subscribing. Uh, we're definitely, you know, happy to have new subscribers joining into the podcast and everything and tuning in. Tweet at us uh, and follow our page at FF in the six. We're happy to, you know, help you guys out with some fantasy advice throughout the week um, with waivers and things like that. So definitely hit us up. We're definitely happy to help. Sub- subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. And we'll be looking forward to hearing from you guys. Thank you and hope you have a good week for week 13.